0: How do you feel about promises? Do you have expectations in your relationships? Do you assume that people know certain things about you or what you want? And then when all these things happen, you get disappointed and you feel like something's wrong with people because they don't keep their promises. They tend to walk out of relationships or they disappoint you or you find relationships disappointing in general let's talk about this because it's such an important topic and understanding how our promises expectations and assumptions get us into trouble in relationships and how to manage that so that we attract and keep better relationships Why do we get so blindsided by certain people? Why do we think we can trust someone and then we're shocked when they betray us? How can we know someone so well and then be surprised by their behavior? Why do people break their promises to us? What is wrong with them? If you're resonating with this or this describes nearly every relationship in your life, past and present, don't worry. It's something everyone experiences and it's not your fault, so to speak, but it is your doing. Every relationship we have with everyone in our life will disappoint, betray, abandon, or surprise us in some way. And how badly that turns out to be depends on us because we secretly disagree on some very important relationship parameters, namely promises, expectations, and assumptions. Relationships are such a significant part of our lives and having strong, loving, fulfilling, and supportive relationships is something we all strive for, long for, and try very hard to achieve. For something that we want so much, why do we have to work so hard to get it? And why is it so hard to hang on to? If we are very honest with ourselves, we will acknowledge that one of the things we do in relationships is fill in the blanks when someone gets close to us. Have you ever done that? Of course you have. It's what happens when we overlook habits, actions, and things we don't like, and we use a weighted average system to ignore their shortcomings or worse, we think they will change in time. The real problem is that we do not honestly assess how determined we are to make something work that really should be left alone. And in our need for a relationship, we set our standards and then expect others to meet them or we set our standards and then we change them as needed. I'm not being cruel or unkind here. This happens all the time and we've all done this. If we want wonderful relationships, we have to be willing to ask hard questions, to make tough choices, and to be very clear about how we contribute to the bad behavior we often see in our relationships because we don't manage our own energy and how we deal with promises, expectations, and assumptions. This is what I call the PEA assessment. It is an uncomfortable examination that reveals how we sabotage our ability to have strong relationships and how we work hard to create relationships out of connections that don't exist. The PEA assessment is not a fun process because it is about examining where we are being unrealistic about our lives and our relationships. One of the main problems we have in relationships is we do not ask enough questions and then listen for the answers. We want so badly to hear something that meets our needs or is what we want to hear that we don't ask the hard questions, like, can you explain what this means to you? this is what I believe about what you said. Are you in agreement with it? Is that what you meant? This is what I want in this relationship. Is this something that you are capable of providing? In the PEA assessment, the P represents promises. It is upsetting when someone breaks their promise, but is that what really happened? What is a promise? It's basically an agreement to do something. More than that, though, a promise is a declaration of intent. When we make a promise, we are setting an intention to do something. That's great when we're working with ourselves. But what happens when that promise involves someone else or comes from someone else? Are they someone who takes promises seriously? Or are they just saying something to end an argument or an uncomfortable conversation? Do they hold the word promise with the same level of integrity and respect that you do? Are they someone who keeps their promises or not? What does a promise mean to them? What is a promise? A promise is someone's commitment to do something. But while we look at the promise, we don't look at all the little things behind the promise and what that promise actually means to someone else. So a promise to be somewhere could be, I'll be there 15 minutes late. I'll be there tomorrow. I'll be there after I finish other things that are important to me. Yes, I'll do that for you, but maybe I'll do it next year. Or I'll do it when I have time. Or maybe that I won't do it at all, but I'm promising that I will, so you quit asking me. Maybe your definition of a promise is different from someone else's. We can make a promise to do something and we will move heaven and earth to get that thing done on time and get it done right and deliver it as we said we would. Then we get disappointed when somebody else makes a promise to us and we wait and wait and wait and nothing happens. And finally, when they reluctantly deliver on their promise because we've asked them a hundred times, the results are disappointing. Maybe they did it at the last minute because we bothered them so much. Maybe they regretted making the promise. And their inadequate performance is a reflection of that. Does anybody keep their promises? Well, they do. But that depends on what a promise means to them. And we don't ask for enough definition. We tend to define things according to our definition of reality, which is completely normal, but very limiting. When we look at promises, we think that promises are set in stone commitments in the way that we define commitments and promises when, depending on the person, maybe they're not. According to someone else's definition, a promise may just be a temporary place marker or optional, a way to end a difficult conversation, a way to stop an argument, or just something to say. In the PEA assessment, the E represents expectations, and this is another relationship pitfall. When we create expectations, we take the relationship from where it is now to where we want it to be, and then hope the other person will be able to fill in the energy gap. When the relationship fails to live up to our expectations, it ends, usually because we have expectations of someone or something, that it is totally incapable of meeting. If you've ever watched my Enlightening Life live, you've seen my rubber band example of what expectations are. So expectations are literally illusions that we have about a relationship or a situation where we take it to an imaginary level and then hope that the relationship will eventually fill in that gap. Sometimes it does. Usually it doesn't. Or expectations are where we create an energy gap between what someone is doing and what we want them to do. And then we eventually hope that they will fill in the gap themselves. And while we're waiting for them to take action, we will continue to hold that energy for them to meet the expectation, to hold that energy space open so we aren't disappointed. And then what happens? Usually the person realizes, That they're not in the same relationship that we are in so they leave and the expectations snap us back into reality. I often say we don't have a broken heart when a relationship ends. We have broken expectations and the pain we feel is from the collapse of the reality we have created which is now gone. And in the PEA assessment, the A is for assumptions. How we impose our own beliefs, desires, and needs into a situation and then wait for them to happen exactly as we want, hope, or plan. The problem with assumptions is they're often not based on a shared reality. We assume that something will be done a certain way or that someone will know what we want, but then we're giving people the ability to read our thoughts and minds and to know what we want without telling them. Assumptions represent beliefs and information that we think all others already know and will share our belief in. We want these things to be true without question. We create assumptions, I think, when we're afraid to allow a different or another reality to be true. So, for example, the assumption we have when someone says, I love you, is that You're going to be honest and steadfast and trustworthy and monogamous and respectful. And we're going to have a fabulous long-term relationship. That's an assumption. It's a desired outcome. But it's also an expected belief or an anticipated truth that we hold to be true without even questioning whether or not the source of that assumption is capable of sharing that truth. And that's where the hard questions come into play. When we say, I love you, or someone says, I love you, to us, we have a set of assumptions, some set of beliefs about what that means. And then we have another set of assumptions or beliefs about what they're going to do after the fact. But we don't ask the question about whether or not they share our assumptions, they share our beliefs, and whether our expectations of them, once I love you, is said, are something that they hold to be true as well or that they can even live up to. Our assumptions are based on our experience, beliefs, and our truth. They include our definitions of what the world is like and what is possible. I had an interesting lesson in assumptions a few years ago when I agreed to help a neighbor with some household chores and I made an assumption about what that meant. I lived in a lovely neighborhood outside of D.C. and I had a huge garden that I often worked in. Many of my neighbors would walk by and admire the garden and talk to me. One young woman who had a baby who was around 18 months old and she would stop by with her son and we'd chit chat. I remember the little boy very well because he was so cute sitting in his little stroller. His name was Jonathan. Occasionally I would invite her in. Jonathan would play and we'd have a cup of tea and we'd talk. I knew she was lonely and she wanted company and she had a young child so I was trying to be a nice neighbor to her and i really liked her and i said her little son was so cute now one day she's in my house and looking around and she said to me your house is so clean how do you keep your house so clean with three children and you have a job too and i said well i grew up in a clean house and everybody in my house has their chores i'm very organized and we just keep the house clean she said i'm having a really hard time with that would you come over and help me i said sure I'd be happy to come over and help you get your house clean. Now, listen to the words I'm using now. My mother was a very clean housekeeper who often prided herself on the fact that her kitchen floors were so clean that you could eat off of them. Now, of course, in those days, you didn't question what your mother said. I couldn't figure out why anybody would want to eat off the kitchen floor when we had a perfectly good table. But our house was very, very clean. And I grew up in a house that was quite literally spotless it was a point of pride for my mother to be the cleanest housekeeper around and I have to say she probably was so this is what I learned and my assumption was that everyone had a super clean spotless house my house has always been clean and I assumed because I've never been in a dirty untidy house that this was true of everybody everybody more or less kept their house tidy was organized and kept their homes clean now just as a side note this incident happened before the TV series Hoarders was popular. So I agreed to go over the next day told her I could help her for a couple of hours. I thought I was just going to visit and help put some papers away. Maybe I'd help her dust or vacuum or do some laundry or do the dishes. I was unprepared for the shock of what I saw in her house. I have never seen anything like that in my life. When she opened the front door, I saw a stream of clothes, papers and stuff coming out of the hall closet that was across from the door. You could barely walk into the entryway and that was just the front door. I walked into the open kitchen and dining area and there was paper and stuff everywhere. On the counters, on the furniture, on the floor, on the tables, everywhere. I looked around and thought to myself, this is going to take more than a few hours. I knew there were other problems besides an untidy house i recognized this was a person who was seriously depressed so i helped her straighten up a little bit loaded the dishwasher moved some papers around and tried to clean off a portion of the kitchen cabinet i left after about 90 minutes the sight of all that untidiness was tiring for me and i knew that it would take weeks to get her house to look like mine and maybe that wasn't what she wanted Maybe she liked the idea of tidiness, but that was not something she really wanted. I couldn't make that assumption based on my definition of what a clean, tidy, and organized house was like. I did get a good lesson on how other people kept their homes, and it was a real eye-opener. I was also very grateful that my mother taught me how to clean house. I had assumed everyone kept their house clean. I also assumed that everyone knew how to do that or wanted to. Obviously not. I think our assumptions get us into the most trouble in relationships and they cause the most trauma because we assume when we are afraid to express our needs or ask questions because we are afraid of the response or we don't want to hear the answer. We make assumptions when it comes to things that are important to us, the things that matter to us, the beliefs that we must have validated and must be held as true by everyone. We assume that I love you means the same thing to the other person as it does to us. And they'll know what to do or say to make us happy and to show us that they love us. We assume that a commitment means the same thing to the other person as it does to us. We assume that everyone is going to be honorable and respectful and is going to treat us the way we want to be treated and in the same way that we treat them. And we usually assume that they know exactly how to make our assumptions happen. We make assumptions when we want someone to act and do not want to tell them what we want them to do. We make assumptions when we lack the courage to be seen and heard and we're afraid to use our own voice. Our assumptions compel others to become mind readers and that's simply unrealistic of us. And sometimes we assume because we want to know that someone cares enough about us to validate who we are, our beliefs, and see the real us that we're afraid to show or want to have questioned. The PEA assessment, where we look at promises, expectations, and assumptions is hard to do because it points out to us the glaringly obvious issues that we use to both validate and sabotage our relationships. They speak of our fears, limitations, disempowerment, trauma, and our lack of confidence, clarity, and courage. If we can muster, the courage to establish strong energy boundaries, to ask the difficult questions, to validate that everyone's on the same page as we are, and that we are clear about the meaning and definitions of important concepts like promises and commitments, then our fear of being abandoned and betrayed, of being left out or left behind, of being misunderstood and neglected, no longer matter. And that little list of fears that I just spoke about which ones matter to you be honest with yourself here everyone has a fear of being betrayed neglected abandoned of being misunderstood of being invisible of being ignored and if these are fears that you have then you can bet that your promises expectations and assumptions about your relationships or most things in your life will be reflected in those fears When we have the courage to verify that someone else is able to meet us where we are, we no longer have to create illusionary relationships with our expectations, to choose partners whose promises contain no promise, and to clearly state our intentions and needs instead of assuming that they are common knowledge. Relationships reflect our energetic frequency, and when we choose from fear, we get fear-based people in our lives. When we choose from our energy boundaries and our courageous intention, we get real grounded people who can have strong, fulfilling, loving and supportive relationships with us. In these relationships, success does not depend on their ability to read our minds or meet our expectations or assume everything about us because we share an intention that is firmly grounded in the reality of clarity and congruence and energetic coherence. Are you willing to ask the hard questions and ensure that you're in agreement with others on the definition of what relationship means so you can avoid the disappointments that come with assuming that what you believe is also part of others' beliefs. It takes courage to ask the hard questions and get answers that you may not like. Or they give you confirmation that you need to decide that a relationship or a situation is not right for you. But if you don't, you set yourself up for failure and disappointment and get tough relationship lessons again and again. Even when we know that we should pursue a tough line of questions and make a hard decision that will benefit us in the long term, we don't do it. Why not? The truth is, we are looking at things like promises, assumptions, and expectations, and we are holding tightly to the beliefs and outcomes that we want to be true, even if they have absolutely no chance of being true. Maybe we're just glad the relationship looks like it's working and we don't wanna rock the boat or admit that it's not working and then we have to find another one or let it go and then we're alone. And we don't ask the hard questions because we don't want to be wrong or disappointed again. But if we want strong, solid relationships with like-spirited people who have the same level of integrity and commitment that we do, who understand us, think like we do, and who define important relationship standards like we do, then we need to be clear on how we define our relationship standards and choose relationships with people who are already healed, whole, and complete. We need to be powerful and empowered to have powerful relationships. And we need to be free of our expectations and assumptions that create weak and problematic situations that force us to apologize for our own shortcomings and tolerate behavior that we don't like. The PEA assessment is not a pleasant exercise. But it's necessary to have strong energy boundaries within our relationships and to insist on only allowing those that are the right, best and highest choice for us. It takes courage to look at our promises, expectations and assumptions to make the changes in ourselves that we need to make so that our relationships exist as a grounded reality and not an illusion that we hope one day will work. And it pays off when we can be in relationships that we enjoy, that are a source of joy for us and that bring us joy and peace and the love that we long for. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living podcast, give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.